When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Matthew Collar, Alex Boone, and Courtney Cronin here. And uh, the question that I laid out, and I hope you were all thinking deeply about this in the break, was if Kirk Cousins does get extended then Gary Kubiak would tell the Vikings that they need to do blank to win. Because Kubiak is the guy with some rings. He's the one you should be going to. When, Four of them, when, right? When mm. Mike Zimmer talks about getting over the hump, like Kubes is one of those guys who can tell you the insight into what oh, yeah. it takes to win in the playoffs because he's been there as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach and been able to do that. Right. So, um, Alex, what, what do you think that Kubes would tell uh, Mike so Zimmer wait. and Rick Spielman? So he walks in and, like, in his Josh Brolin voice, he's just like, so, listen, I need you to extend Kirk. Well, let's say that they, that, they tell him, Gary, you don't have a say in this. We're extending Kirk Cousins. Great. And, and, and then well, Gary says, well, if you extend Kirk, then you better blank or we're never going to win. So what would that be? Stay out of my offense. I really do think, like, you looking at this, because you, you, I was thinking about it, and not only just for this question, but, like, if you extend Kirk, what else can you do? I mean, are you are you really legitimately going to be able to extend Kirk and Dalvin and get help on the O line? You don't need any. Not easy I mean, to do, right? And then you got to you got to talk about problems on defense. Like we haven't even talked about the other side of the ball. And then you sit there and you're like, well, we got to fix the O line. We got to do some things. I really do think if they, he says, hey, listen, we gave you Kirk, he'll be like, great. Now just stay out of my offense and I'll take care of it. And I think he will. I think he's given the track record and the players that he has had and, and had success with. I mean, you talk about you were talking about Matt Schwab before. I mean, just what he's done. I think that Zim alone will be like, listen, we're going to give you Kirk and we're out of here. We'll see you later. You fix that. We're going to be over here and have fun. I would say his first line of business, like so Kirk's extended and Gary says, we're focusing on the offensive line. But that has to be the first upgrade that you make over a Dalvin Cook. Uh, if you're prioritizing the extensions and, mm-hmm. and where you fit in potential free agents and, and trying to keep all the pieces together, that he goes out and he finds your best option at left guard. And potentially even, I know, Alex, you're going to hate me for saying this, but if you're thinking about like upgrading your tackle spots, well, maybe this is the year that you move Brian O'Neill over to left tackle and you move because it's not a bad option to keep Riley Reef, but maybe you move him to right tackle. And I know that I'm about to hear a groan on the other line because we've we've talked about this before. But that's just if you're thinking about piecemealing the offensive line, fixing it, 
quote unquote fixing it because that's hard. Maybe that's the route you go first. But you know, he, he's had offenses that have ranked top ten in net yards per attempt twelve times since nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a really interesting that. stat. I remember when when he came in here. Um, you know, and his scoring offenses cracked the top 11 10 times. So, I mean, the stuff that they did this past year, where there were, what, six in yards per attempt, um, eight in scoring, well, a lot of that's the, the framework that he's laid out in 21 years as an offensive coordinator, a head coach. So, to Alex's point, stay out of my offense, I know what I'm doing, you know, but it's also give me what I need in order to keep doing what I was what I've done so well, which you know he's he needs to be able to fix the pieces of the offensive line that he deems are an issue. Well, that is what my answer was going to be is if you're if you're going to keep cousins, you have to find me fifteen million dollars a year or something or a first round pick for a left tackle. Do it, you really it, think for a left tackle? It just is the most important position by far. I don't even think it's close. And in Gary's offense, that you know, center might be up there. And I don't know what you have in Garrett Bradbury yet. We got to see year two. Year one of an offensive lineman is just a crazy, probably a nightmare for most offensive linemen. Like, oh, uh, first game, you just have to face this guy. His name's Grady Jarrett. Just go ahead and be fine. Um, and then he kills you, and you kind of go from there. But you know, we'll see in the second, third year where Garrett Bradbury goes to. I'm not ready to say that's not working out. I think center in. Kubiak's offense is really important, but just in football history and with this particular quarterback, I don't think you can have a regular left tackle. Riley Reef is a regular left tackle. He's right dead center in the middle average, and he's probably not going up. He's going down as he gets injured and, and this year mostly healthy, but he'll start to fade with the amount of injuries that he's had. If I'm Gary, I'm saying I need someone to, when we have a drop back situation, third down and seven in a big game, and Nick freaking Bosa is over there, over my left tackle, this guy is going to stop that guy. That's what I need, and that gives us a shot. Because how many times do we see on third down and seven with Kirk Cousins, out of the shotgun, you can't play action, fake anybody in that situation, and he stands there, and he stands there, and then things start to corrode around him, and boom, you're sacked. And that ruins so many drives with this team and this quarterback in big games. And I don't know if you agree with me, Alex, but that would be, if I'm Gary, that would be the first thing I say is, okay, we can do that, but you better find a heck of a lot of money or a high draft pick to give me something to protect this guy when we are in those big situations, because that's kind of why we lose a lot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, man, I was, I was thinking that if you're going to really go down this Dalvin Cook road where you're going to pay him, eventually Diggs is probably going to be like, listen, man, why don't we just meet at the fork and we'll go our separate way? Yeah, yeah. Why not send him? Just hear me out. Now, this is one of two places because Jonathan had a great idea we were talking about before the show. And we'll talk about it after this. But why, why wouldn't you send him maybe over to Stefanski and say, hey, listen, you got a Pro Bowl left guard over there in Joel Patino. We'd kind of like to take him over. We could really use him over here. I think he's a guy that would be gritty enough to join the North. And also, he's athletic enough to fit in in a Kubiak-type offense. And you don't really have to get rid of Riley. I get what you're saying. Like You're upset because on the most crucial downs, the biggest playmakers show up and it's not on the offensive line. It's always on the defensive line. And you're like, dude, come on. It cannot be that hard. But I think that if you were to mitigate the problems because you can't get rid of Garrett Bradbury and you can't just leave him on an island with Josh Klein and, and Pat Elfline. Yeah. Like, that is leaving him in the middle by himself. So you say, hey, listen, let's remedy this problem. Number one, Riley, your cap number's got to come down. 
Number two, we're going to send Diggs over to Cleveland to join Stefanski in his offense because they're probably going to be getting rid of OBJ soon because that dude's going to be wanting out of there. So you say, hey, there's that problem solved. There's your offense, Coops. Coops is like, great, thanks so much. Now stay out of it. There we go. Yeah, I think if um, anyone traded Stephon Diggs for a left guard, though, um, it'd be a fight. I would. What about Trent Williams? I would lose my mind. Now, Trent because Williams is more interesting. Jonathan brought that up, and I said, "I my answer was, I don't think he would leave because Ron Rivera is there now." Yeah, I think and that changes seems, everything. Yeah, yep. he seems really excited to come back. He's like, "I'm back." They're just playing. Didn't mean it. Like we get why he was upset. Totally understandable. He had cancer uh, in the brain, and they were totally <laughs> misdiagnosed. That like th- we understand why you were yeah. upset, dude. But now the problem's solved, and I don't think he wants to leave. I think he wants to stay there and be a oh, redskin forever. Like That's his big thing, dude. But yeah, it, that, can, would, that would be interesting, though. That would be a it, serious trade. Uh, Courtney, is there another answer to this? Other than offensive line, because you know Alex is focusing on improving that left guard, and considering that you've got to face Akeem Hicks and Kenny Clark four times a year, that makes a lot of sense. That interior pressure ruins mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins most of the time. So it's a different positional value for this team than it would be um, for potentially other teams. Is there another answer, though? I mean, is Kubiak going to say anything else other than Okay, well, if you're keeping Kirk, then you have to blank. I mean, is it keep Delvin? Is it get me a third receiver? Is it make sure that your defense is on point? Like, what else would it be? Well, I think there is, and I know I keep flip-flopping on this, or at least sounding like it, I do think there is reason to believe that you can't just plug and play another running back. I mean, yes, he's done it, but he's also yeah, he spoke. might love Delvin. I think he does. Probably, you probably listen does. to how I'm he sure talks he about him. Yeah. Like that is just, that is a dynamic playmaker. They don't come around all the time where you have somebody who's that good. I mean, granted, he's only he's never been able to play a fully healthy season. I don't know if that matters to Gary because Gary spoke pretty highly of the way that they were able to adjust and get other guys involved when Thielen went down, when Cook went down. I mean, he obviously had a big part in that. Um, I think it's basically let me control what we're doing offensively in the draft. By and large, yeah. top to bottom, yeah. like give me the keys to. You know, Rick, that's fine. I want to know how much power pick- he has over the roster. We're picking it together. Because if you're I'm Kubiak, you have so much uh, leverage. Zimmer loves you. He says you're the best thing that ever happened. And you're <laughs> like, okay, well, you guys are already paying me probably a lot of money. Because uh, I wasn't going to leave the ranch for nothing. But does he say, okay, I'll be your OC. But you got to let me. you got to let me do this. I think he is able to have a lot of say in decisions in the draft and free agency. And if I'm him, I would demand that because you've seen what's happened when the offensive coordinator and the front and the the head coach and the general manager don't get on the same page. And that's the 2018 draft. And that's the 2018 season. Mm -hmm. Like how many times did we hear about F tight end and a million other things that John DeFilippo wanted and it just never panned out. Right. And then what happens? They go get an F tight end yes. with a second round pick and they get an offensive lineman with the first overall pick um in 2019. So, you know, there's I think that the draft decisions, even before you get to the season and training camp and trying to put this thing together, Gary being able to say, "This is my guy. This is who I want. We're doing this because it's going to benefit Kirk. Because it's going to benefit what we already have." You you will talk about continuity. Well, I can find you my zone fits because mm-hmm. I know what I know. This is my offense. I invented it, um, or at least this version of it. 
Uh, I how, know. How cocky do you think Gary is about how great his offense is? Great question. Been? Is. <laughs> I really would love to know. It, it doesn't come across at all. He's more of like, well, you know, I just try to run them play actions, but like, but <laughs> like to, but like to his family, is he like, you guys believe how awesome I am? Brian Greasy, are you bleeping kidding me? <laughs> Eleven and five. Tatum Bell, Mike Anderson. Who the bleep is that? There's like a million guys named Mike uh, Anderson. No, dude, He's, he doesn't seem like that. Kind no, of guy. not at all. He's amazing. I love his. I love his. No, I. I, I, that sounds well and good. The, my problem is how much power does he really have? Like yeah. On the day of the draft, I'd when love it comes to know. down to his F tight end or whatever he wants, and they're like, I don't know, there's a cornerback over here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Really use yes. at this time. Like, 18 all over again. Remember, it, all of a sudden, what we told Gary in April doesn't matter anymore because this is right now. Like We got to go right now, and it's like, man. I would think that you're right. For him to get off the ranch, it's like, listen, I want total control. I want yeah. full control. No one's allowed in. No one's allowed out without my say. But how much of that really happens remains to be seen. Yeah, and that's. I think that's something that we'll figure out by how it goes. Yeah. Like, as we go along here, we'll start to learn, all right, okay, this must be a Gary type of move, just like the way that we've seen with the Zimmer moves, re-signing Anthony Barr. Okay, that is a Mike Zimmer move. That's not that's the analytics people in the front office. We're not saying definitely bring back a linebacker at that price. Like that is Mike Zimmer wants that guy. And I think we'll start to figure out as we go along just what type of moves matter to Gary Kubiak and if they're happening. Well, look at how the first four rounds of the draft panned out last season. All offense, two offensive linemen, a running back, and a tight end. I mean, you can't tell me that Gary's fingerprints weren't all over that. And Mike Zimmer just sitting back, patiently waiting for the fifth round so he could finally make a defensive pick for a guy who didn't really do anything this year. I mean, that... That, to me, when we were watching that whole thing unfold, yeah. and the type of fits, at least the guys from their draft profile and, and, and kind of what we knew about Garrett Bradbury and Drew Samia, specifically, they come from zone schemes. So, I mean, that's Gary. Like, that's not somebody picking out of position and saying, oh, well, you know, just, just fit this guy in, figure it out. To me, that was what Gary, because he had the background in personnel and in scouting for two seasons in Denver, also... Um, on top of everything that he did as a head coach and as an offensive coordinator, he knows what works. So while he's never going to come out and publicly say, yep, those are my guys, I yes. picked them all, I kicked everybody out of the room and started manipulating the draft board. Gary went rogue and started <laughs> drafting <went> people. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him, Garrett Bradbury. Uh, yeah, well, and that's you know not a surprise that uh, they would want a center for Gary, and I feel like that was a bit of a Gary pick. Um, but... Do you, do you think that was a hit or a miss before we go any further? Can, can we really determine it yet? I can't decide. I think that when you draft a guy who played against mostly weaker competition and comes in and just gets shredded and is one of the worst pass-blocking centers in the NFL, it's a miss right now. That doesn't mean that he can't get a lot better, but if you were thinking this is going to be your Alex Mack, and that's the only way you spend a first-round pick on a guy is if you think right. it's going to be Alex Mack, or you know Travis Frederick, no, it's not that, and it doesn't. It didn't show any signs of being that, and that th- that's where I would look at it and go, maybe you guys got a little overzealous about drafting a, a center in the first round. Just positional value, those guys usually you got to be something else. You got to right. be Tom Nalen if you're going to be, and I don't think he was even that sort of pick. Dude, like White Stevenson, unbelievable Tom Nalen was. But, but you know, I mean, I, I think there is a point to be made there, that if you were comparing a first-round pick and positional value, there's a reason that corner 
is often a good pick in the first round or left tackle because if you or quarterback because if you hit those are so valuable it can change your franchise. Right. That's rarely true for a center and the production they got from him this year was you could equate that to like an average free agent that was like the fourth best free agent center. Or but is it going to end up panning out where you have the chance to pick up his fifth year option? You have your franchise. Center. Well, that's, think, that's, that's, in order for that that's, the, that's the projection, right. at least. Right. They don't know, but I think number one, in order for that to happen, he's got to come back a little bit bigger. Like, oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. You, you, you he needs to be come eating back. peanut butter and jelly every hour on the hour. You need to be prepared to fight the big the, boys. Don't drink diet soda, my right. friend. Because year two gets worse, man. Because like, people saw your, your floor, and they're like, okay, well, now he's got to go up. If you come back and you don't raise the bar, people yep. are like, dude, no, no, no. That's the league. you got to get better or you're getting worse. And I think his makeup is good in terms of like your character and work ethic and so that i would trust that he will get bigger and better and we look at brian o'neill i mean that guy in his first couple of games was being picked up and just walked back to the quarterback in 2018 and this year took a big step forward so i'm willing to put on hold uh what we've seen from him just that you know rookies it's very hard to judge where they're going to go uh let me switch gears with you guys and ask courtney what it was like to play in the super bowl against the ravens it was a, it was a <laughs> fantastic experience i mean i remember the when the lights, lights went out, out yeah. and i just looked around and i Steve i was sure what happened. had no idea what was going on on the sideline and uh, everybody That's was crazy. lost and confused wait alex i do want to know what was yeah. it like when the lights went out it was insane it was like it was what insane. did you what did you think happened Check this out. So if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it was second down, about to be third down. We were just going back to the huddle, and all of a sudden, everything went black. And my first thought was, oh, my God, I blacked out. And I was like, <laughs> man, I'm, I must have been really excited. And so then all of a sudden, the emergency lights kick on. And before they kicked on, I swear to God, 100 FBI agents were on the field. And they were storming the field. And they were like, get to your sidelines right now. Like, they didn't even ask the refs to interject. They just had – they were ready to go. Feds are undefeated. Dude, they were like, we don't know what's going on, but if everybody doesn't sit down right now, it's going to get real serious. So we're like, all right, just just calm down. Everybody calm down. Do what the FBI says. Do whatever they say. So we're talking to these guys on Sunday. like, hey, man, you realize this is a big sporting event, right? Like, you, just, you just barged right in here. They're like, dude, the power went out. We don't know if it's terrorists. We don't know what's going on. Mm. I'm like, all right, dude, that's a different word. Like, you can't just throw that around here. He was like, dude, this is for real. Like, we're not playing with you guys. We shut down mm. your game. We had to rewarm up. But for whatever reason, after that happened, it kicked new life into us because we started yeah. to come back. But you know, when you're first and goal on the four with the best offensive line in the history of the NFL, and you throw the ball four times with a quarterback that probably shouldn't be throwing the ball. That's what happens. You, you know, lose. it is wild that uh, don't do it. Seattle. Don't. Well, I was just thinking. You know, don't Se- do it. Seattle would have a Super Bowl if they ran the ball. You would have a Super Bowl ring if you ran the ball, probably. And how about Matt Ryan would have a Super Bowl ring if they just ran, ran the, the ball, ball and ran the clock instead out. of taking a holding penalty and putting them out of field goal position, allowing the Patriots to come back? Tom Brady would have two fewer Super Bowls, and we'd be like, hmm, a little bit of a choker. <laughs> it's, how Dude, that's great. blasphemous for you to even say but that. But I think about this all the time. The Panthers... And there's something to the intimidation, like the Tiger Woods, so intimidating, Kobe Bryant like this, Michael Jordan like this, so intimidating that other teams melt down because they're so scared of you. And Brady is definitely that. And the Carolina Panthers kicked the ball out of bounds on a kickoff. Like, what? To set up the game-winning drive for Tom Brady. And the Seahawks don't run. And, you know, you end up with uh, Atlanta just completely melting down and all sorts of 
crazy things happening in that game. And it would be a much different narrative if those three teams had played it differently. And even the Rams, they give up the game-winning drive to to Brady in the first yep. Super Bowl. He's so close to having, like, one. Um, but uh, that aside, um, what else from that Super Bowl week do you remember? Because I imagine for players... It has to be unlike anything else that they've ever experienced to have that amount of media, that amount of attention, uh, all built up into one game. It's insane. And you guys know because you, Matt, you've been in the locker room and you see as you keep winning, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, like, you'll lose and then everybody leaves. And then you got to start all over again. But when you get in the playoffs, like, it instantly ramps up. And then you go to the divisional, the conference. Then you're in the championship and you're like, man, I can't even get to my own locker. When yes. you go down there, they make you oh, go to media day every day. And it, it's like, in New Orleans, oh, too, when we were oh there, God, even for terrible. the playoffs, how many human beings are in that locker room? It was, it was like insane, crazy. Dude. It was so much fun, though, because you had to talk to people all around the world, and you got to go do shows all around the world. And I remember, like, after practice, they would round up, like, 20 of us, and they would just drive us over to Media Row, and then they'd be like, listen, we'll meet back here in two hours. You'd be like, dude, no, don't leave me. They'd be like, see ya. And they'd just take off. And you're just stuck there, like, really? i got to answer all these questions now. But a lot of it, too, was looking back. Harbaugh was smart, and he was like, I want to keep these guys busy. I don't want them to have any doubts. I mean, you took us to New Orleans. You had to know there was going to be some crazy times. <laughs> and the, the security cameras were in the elevators. They were downstairs in the lobby. Like, they said 49ers on them. Like, they were like, dude, if you guys even think about breaking out of your rooms, mm-hmm. it is on. Like, we are going to arrest you. It was it was the greatest time ever, though, because you got to see so many different personalities down there, so many different people. The guys that were from there would take us around and show us different things. Like, it was really cool. And then, you know, we got to practice at the Saints facility, and we were talking to some of them. We're like, man, you guys got a really nice indoor. This thing's cool. We're like, yeah, it'd be great if we used it in August. But Coach uh, Sean likes us outside throwing up and passing out. I was like, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, we don't ever get to use this thing in August. It's actually like 120 degrees outside, 100% humidity. He's like, makes us better, though, right? I was like, sure. No, probably not. <laughs> probably kills unlikely. half your team. <laughs> they were like, dude, that's just how it goes. I was like, wow. But, dude, it was, it was truly an experience, a lot of fun, too, especially to play Ray Lewis in his last game. That was yeah. intense. Do you remember the weirdest thing you either saw or were, were asked during the media night? Because I always love the sideshow. I mean, yesterday they yeah, we, we did that when they like were here. when it was here a few yeah. years ago at Excel. Um, was that that wasn't when somebody wore the wedding dress to mm. ask Brady to marry them? No, that I wasn't. Was, but I was but, present for other players being asked how hot Brady was yes, on a scale I remember of that one, one to ten. Yeah. So, so what did you do? You remember anything like that? <laughs> no, I remember that. They tried. There was a, a Mexican TV show that came in and talked all Spanish to me and the right tackle. And we were like, "Dude, we don't we don't speak Spanish." And they kept doing the interview. Like they just they would not stop. And it was like, "We don't speak Spanish." Like we have no es- uh, I don't know what are we saying, dude? Like what are we telling? Them? And they kept like talking. We felt terrible. We were like, "Dude, I don't know what to say." You say something. I think it was a bit if they kept talking, yeah, right? They, like, I don't I don't know what it was, but it was. You know what? A lot of it too is though. Like at times later in the week, you kind of get bombarded by it. Like you're like, "Listen, I'm trying to focus now." I'm really Really trying to pack in like my mind like this is everything i gotta worry about and then like somebody will come and ask you like a joke and throw you off your game and you're like dude this is a lot like you <laughs> see by thursday why you're like man this this is really a spectacle isn't it this is more than a game how do you lock in i mean i know that sounds so simple but like when it is such a circus and it is such an international event where you have what is it this year six thousand credentialed media members yeah. um and I know that they try to insulate you, insulate teams, and they have practice away, and it's closed only to a couple reporters. Like, how 
Is there anything that feels normal about the week at all? Yeah. I mean, I think that guys keep it normal for you. Everyone tries to be as calm, as cool as possible. I know that to start the week, Harbaugh had came to Joe and I and we're like, listen, we want to set you guys up with dinner wherever you guys want to take the offense out. That way it's like you feel like you guys are together at home doing whatever you want. Like He didn't want basically 53 guys splitting up and going mm-hmm. out into the city. He was like, I want you guys to stay together. So where do we need to send you guys that you're happy, that you feel like you're at home, that you guys can go do like, we'll rent out a whole movie theater if you guys want to go. If you want to go bowling, we'll rent out the whole bowling alley. If you want to go to dinner, we'll, we'll send you anywhere. And it really was just like, listen, you know, we, we're, we're really fine. We'll figure it out on our own we just kind of want to walk around and be together and i think that's what scared them the most was the walking around because it was like man you could see something that you shouldn't and be like man we should go do that and you're gonna get <laughs> tempted when you're walking down bourbon street like yeah. it's hard not to walk down bourbon and be like man that looks like a really fun time wow uh, we could go do some karaoke it's only what oh my god it's 10 30 boys we gotta go home like you're you forget what's going on because you're just expected to go do media and then afterwards they're like we'll drop you off at the corner and you can go get dinner and go back in and you're like dude we're we're, we're we're in like the middle of a party right yeah, now. Yeah, New Orleans is definitely like that too. And I'm sure Miami like is too. What, oh, time, what time is it in New Orleans is a hard thing to figure out. Yeah, You're like, is. my phone says it's 1130. I feel great though, this, guys. But this doesn't look like 1130 because there's just people <laughs> everywhere. And, and my hotel was right next to Bourbon Street. And so I definitely walked home and had that feeling uh, when we were covering the playoff game. Yes. Um, okay, well, we got to wrap up here. You and I will talk, Alex, on Thursday. More things about this Super Bowl in particular. We'll break down the matchup and more of your memories from playing in the Super Bowl as well. Courtney, our draft scout, great to have you here Happy to as be here. always. Um, you have to change your Twitter. You have to. <laughs> Uh, we'll continue. Do it. That I'll bit. do it for the few days of the draft. Yes, we'll maybe. continue that bit for a very long time and get really annoying with it. So we'll catch you tomorrow here, Purple Daily on Score North. Mackie Judd with Rami coming up next. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.